Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good evening, everyone, in Blog Talk Radio Land and around the Internet and around the world. My name is Kennard. I'm your host for the Merciful Servants of God Biblical Instructional Program. We've been on the air, I think, now for over eight years. We have over 300-plus audio programs that you can access 24-7. You can do that by downloading the app, Stitcher.com, S-T-I-C-H-E-R.com, Google Play, or, of course, iTunes. I'm all over the place, over the Internet, and you can certainly listen to me 24-7 by using your smartphone. It's very convenient to do that. And as many of you that have listened to me know and understand I don't charge for my teachings although I certainly welcome your donations and if you want to give to this work this work of Yah or God please go to mercifulserviceofgod.com and click the donation button I would appreciate very much and I'm sure Yah would to give your gifts okay so we know what happened Tuesday and we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about what the Bible indicates uh, where we're at right now in in prophecy, in in American history, future history, and and world history. Because what happened on Tuesday is is significant. So the title of this Bible study is The the Miracle. Uh, And excuse me a little bit, I think I'm catching a a cold or getting over one, so if I have to cough, I, I apologize. And if I have to drink some water... Frequently, I apologize for that too. Okay, this is the miracle. I titled this Bible study "The Miracle of the 2016 Election" and what it means. Well, for people who are familiar with how I teach and what I've been teaching, let me just clarify something. Give you a little disclaimer. I never ever stated that Hillary Clinton would become president because I wasn't sure. And unlike a lot of people, uh, or a good portion of people, I'm not going to, unless God actually tells me, and he's never told me anything to that extent, I'm not going to say who's going to win the election. And plus, let's understand something here. Just because somebody gets it right doesn't mean that they are a true prophet. Uh, There are other conditions that, must be followed uh, if we just go to Deuteronomy Deuteronomy chapter 13 
and enlighten ourselves with the truth of this. Verse 1, Deuteronomy 13, verse 1, If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign and the wonder come to pass, whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. So this is in the context of a person getting it right, saying, okay, Trump would be the president, and then the Trump, and he is. Okay, well, that's one criteria. What is the other criteria that this individual has to follow? Well, it states here in verse 3, Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the, the master proves you to know whether you love the master with all your heart and soul. And so anyway, and then in Mark, Matthew, let's turn to Matthew chapter 7. It's a very interesting uh, statement that he states here. Matthew 7, verse 21. Not everyone that says unto me, Master, Master, or Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 7, verse 21. But, but he that does the will, so you have to do something again. He that does the will of my Abba, or Father, which is in heaven. Verse 22, many will say to me in that day, Master, Master, have we not prophesied in thy name? And so there's going to be some people that are going to get it right. They're going to prophesy in his name. And in thy name have cast out demons, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And in verse 23, he's going to say, he says, And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And this word uh, in the uh, let me take a look at my complete Jewish Bible version for clarity's sake. This word can be another translation here. It says, "You workers of lawlessness." And so, just because somebody prophesies correctly, doesn't mean that they are a true prophet. A true prophet not only predicts the future, but also lives the future <laughs> correctly and presently by. Uh, being an example of what he's preaching, and 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 a true prophet, a true prophet's desire is 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 for people to repent, to repent. And so, if this individual is getting all the, the uh, telling you that this is going to happen and it happens, but yet is teaching you to to keep Sunday or uh, does not understand other things that he, as he should, according to the Bible, and that person, according to the scriptures, is not a true prophet. And so I just want to point that out because people get, they just get taken away by somebody that's predicting something accurately. But what about his, his life? What about what he's teaching? Is he teaching correctly too? Now, I'm not saying there's not any prophets. Uh, I suspect there's not many on the earth. But those are the criteria. I'm talking about true prophets of God. Those, that's the criteria you have to follow. So anyway, getting back to my little story about Hillary Clinton, I, I've said for years, and I did correctly state this that i really felt she was going to run at a time with people i just i just felt in my being that she was going to run again now what i was very uncertain about i wouldn't say very but i was uncertain about i didn't know if if the lord would allow her to become president and so i i, I always taught taught people when i brought up hillary clinton i would state if if she becomes president this will happen because Quite frankly, folks, if Hillary Clinton would have become president of the United States, uh, prophecy, the end-time prophecy, would have certainly have escalated in a mighty way. Uh, if anyone knows her background, 
and knows what she's all about. Uh, I think anyone with a a uh, a mind that's thinking properly and acting properly would would agree with me on that. But as God tends to do, He had mercy. He had great mercy on this country again, again. And the question is, what are we going to do now? What are we going to do? Um, President-elect Trump will have a Republican House and a Republican Congress, or Senate, I should say, to deal with. And so I'm going to be looking very closely. I'm sure Yah is looking at him very closely to see whether or not he's going to overthrow Roe versus Wade. For those who don't know what that is, that was the abominable Supreme Court ruling that uh, has enabled us to slaughter almost close to 3,000, <clears throat> excuse me, to slaughter almost close to 3,000 babies every day in this country. Second of all, to overthrow, to overthrow the, uh, the recent ruling, the Supreme Court ruling, that happened in summer of last year that is okay for two sexes to to marry each other, which is an abominable thing. Another thing that needs to be overthrown, I was just doing some research on this, when when the court took on prayer and the Bible in public schools. This is uh can be found on uh, the online magazine Religion and Politics. And this was done by Michael Wagner, June 25, 2012, and he stays here today, marks the 50th anniversary of a court case that changed the way Americans think about religion in public schools. On June 25, 16, or June 25, 1962, the United States Supreme Court decided in Engel versus Vitale that a prayer approved by the New York Board of Regents for use in schools violated the First Amendment by constituting an establishment of religion. The following year in Abagantan, I guess, Abagantan School District versus Shemp, the court disallowed Bible readings in public schools for similar reasons. These two landmark Supreme Court decisions centered on the place of religion in public education and particularly the place of Protestantism, which had long been accepted as a given American faith tradition. Both decisions ultimately changed the face of American civil society and in turn helped usher in the last half century of the culture wars. So, he needs to also overthrow this as well. I would say those three Supreme Court rulings have really affected American society to the point it is at a crisis point. I've said this before in my previous broadcast. Even though Trump is the president, we are still in a crisis point in this nation. People are, right as I'm speaking right now, people are rioting all across, <coughs> excuse me, People are rioting all across the United States right now. They are rioting all across the United States because of Trump. They say Trump is a Marxist and all that. I know I've read about him uh, perhaps uh, having some kind of association with the Ku Klux Klan. I don't know if that's true or not, but I know the Ku Klux Klan voted for him. And so people assume that he may be a racist because of that. I don't know. Only God knows that. But all I'm saying, that's that's one of the... Minor reasons, of course, other people are rioting because they wanted a woman president. There's a lot of women out there that wants to break the glass ceiling. They don't want to support it. They want to break it, and which is a very wicked attitude about the patriarchal system that God set up in the Bible 
and for society to be. Men are the leaders. Women are the followers. Of course, women lead too, but they lead differently than men, and men lead differently than women, and I think I will give a Bible study on that in the future. But this country right now is is really at a crisis point, ladies and gentlemen. And the question is, are we going to finally repent or not? Because in Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 7, let's, let's read this here. Jeremiah 18, verse 7. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 7. It states the following. At one time I may speak about uprooting. Okay, let me read this in the King James. I like it better in the King James Version. It states here. It says, At what instant I shall speak concerning a goy, goy is Hebrew for nation, and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it. If that goy or nation against whom I had pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. And then the reverse can happen as well. And so right now, ladies and gentlemen, we are at a crisis point. We are at a crisis point. And what are we going to do? Are we going to finally stop preaching? Well, we should never stop preaching, but when we preach, are we going to finally do what the Bible says? Are we going to be practical and, and do practical things? Or are we going to continue to do what we've been doing for many years in this country? We talk a good game, but we don't do anything. That is the test for Donald Trump, and that is the tr test for all of us at this point. Because, ladies and gentlemen, if we continue to allow babies to be slaughtered, if we continue to allow people to marry each other the same sex, if we continue to stop uh, allowing the Bible and prayer in classrooms, if we stop doing that, uh, this country is only going to get worse and worse and worse. I know in reference to children and how, how it affects children, the fact they don't have any biblical foundation and, and, and they don't have a sense of religion. I, I know I, I used to be a substitute teacher, and, and, I, and I see what it has done. I see what it has done to our youth. Uh, it, it, they, they just aren't thinking straight. They don't have the foundation to think straight. I'm not saying that every youth is like this, but a good portion is. And what is what happens? The, the youth, they grow up to become adults, and the adults end up not being what they're supposed to be because of that. Our nation is slowly, well, I wouldn't say slowly now, it's escalating to the point of falling like Rome. And if we don't repent, if we don't use this time right now to repent, then, you know, God says this, and let's turn to Amos. Because these prophecies are in the Bible for a reason, ladies and gentlemen. And we, had, we can't overlook these, these prophecies. And um, I know some people don't like to listen to me because I talk about prophecy. That's just tough. I mean, I'm going to talk about prophecy because 33% uh, of the Bible is prophecy, and we certainly need to be looking at prophecy right now. And there's a scripture in Proverbs 29. Let's turn there. Proverbs 29, verse 18. Proverbs 29, verse 18. It says, where there is no vision, and that the Hebrew sense of that is prophetic vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the Torah, happy is he. And so keeping the law, keeping the Torah, 
certainly involves having a sense of prophecy. And then in First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians chapter five has somebody try to tell me that was wet behind the ears and and, and uh, understanding that the whole tour should be kept for all of humanity. They were trying, to, you know, they were telling me that they didn't like prophecy. Well. The Bible says plainly in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 20, despise not prophesying. So what Bible are they looking at? And then Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19, verse 10, states, And I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Yeshua. Worship Yah, for the testimony of Yeshua is the spirit or mindset of prophecy. And so, if you have his testimony, let me look up that Greek word here in my um, lexicon here. The testimony, it means a witness, a certification. So, the certification of Yeshua is the spirit of prophecy. (laughs) And so, that's what we have to understand. And the spirit of prophecy, of course, is the Holy Spirit who speaks forth God's or Yah's truth whenever you live a godly, messianic life and communicate the Pesor or good news to others. Pesor is uh, good news in Hebrew. And so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, I, I love Blog Talk Radio because nobody can shut me up. I can say what I need to say, and I have to do that a lot when I'm around people. If I preach the way I preach on this show, it would either get them to cry or get them to stone me. So, so Or if you love God's truth, like in Psalm 119, as King David stated, he, he it was like sweeter than honey to him, then it would be sweeter than honey. And if you tremble before Yah's words in Isaiah 66, verse 2, you would like what I say because all I do is preach out the scriptures, folks. I, I do the best I can to do it. And the Bible is our, our final authority and and we, you know, the holding up a sign, Hillary Clinton sign, Donald Trump sign, and saying, "Yeah, yeah, I want this person to be my president." You know, that's great, but we need to to really understand that it is God who deserves that kind of uh, uh, joy or respect more so than Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, and that's who we need to 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 really be excited about, not some man or some woman. Because <clears throat> men and women can fail us. It's, it's all throughout history in the Bible about that. Not to say that that women and men can't be leaders. However, they have to keep tour. They they have to show that they are what Paul says here in First Corinthians chapter eleven, verse one. It states front plainly, "Be ye followers of me, even as I am also of Messiah." And Messiah stated the following, or the the the, the one that the, the disciple that he loved, John. He wrote this in First John two verse one. He states, "My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Abba, Yeshua Messiah, which is Jesus Christ in in, in uh, English. Yeshua Messiah. Wait a minute. Yeshua Messiah is <laughs> Jesus Christ in Hebrew." So he says right here, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Abba, Yeshua Messiah, the righteous, verse 2. And he is the propitiation or the mercy seat or the cover, covering on the, the uh, 
the mercy seat for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole entire world. So that's a good scripture to use for people, certain fanatical uh, sects of religion in this country that preach that uh, God is only going to save their congregation or their type of people. He's an equal opportunity, Yah. Verse 3. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his mitzvah or commandments. Verse 4, he that says, I know him and keep not his commandments is a liar and the truth. And what is truth, folks? Truth is defined in the Bible as in entire instructions and doctrines of Yah. For scriptural proof of that is Psalm 119, verse 142. John 17, verse 17. Matthew 4, verse 4. And so the truth is certainly keeping all the instructions and doctrines of Yah. And then we are supposed to have the spirit of truth, which I hate to say this, most people don't have that spirit of truth. Most people have been affected by and still are being affected by the spirit of error, uh, unfortunately, which is the spirit of the devil itself, himself. Verse 5, But whosoever keepeth his word in him verily is the love of Yah perfected, hereby Know we that we are in him. And verse 6 is the, is the verse I want to get to. He that says he abides in him ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. And so for people that didn't understand about the difference between the spirit of error and spirit of truth, let me read the following scripture here. In 1 John 4, verse 1, it says, Beloved, believe not every spirit. So that tells you there are some wicked spirits and there's a righteous spirits. But try the spirits. What? <coughs> Excuse me. Let me drink something. I'll be right back. It says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of Yah, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. In verse 2, Hereby know ye the spirit of Yah, every spirit that confesseth that Yeshua Messiah is come in the flesh is of Yah. Verse 3, And every spirit that confesseth not Yeshua Messiah is come in the flesh is not of Yah or God. And this is that spirit of anti-Messiah, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. So even back in the first century, the spirit of anti-Messiah was present. Verse 4 of First John chapter 4. You are of Yah, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So there's two different spirits. There is very few people on this earth right now that has the spirit of Torah or the spirit of truth in them. Most people have, unfortunately, another spirit that's influencing them in their minds and how they think. In verse 5, they are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. Verse 6, we are of Yah, he that knows Yah hears us, he that is not of God hears not us. Hereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So there's a spirit of truth and a spirit of error. You have the children of God and you have the children of the devil. This is found in John chapter 8 and in other places. And so and in Ephesians chapter 2 is a very revealing scripture. I've quoted this for years, but I understand it even better now. Ephesians 2, verse 2, wherein in time past, he's talking about people that um, that used to, be in tune with the devil, but repentant, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, or the atmosphere, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, 
among whom also we all had our conversation or we were um, involved in it. Uh, the Greek for this is turn back again. Okay? So we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and that's what most people, unfortunately, are doing, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. And so there's a scripture in 1 John that says the whole world lies in wickedness. 1 John chapter 5, verse 19. And we know that we are of Yah, and the whole world lies in wickedness. And then Matthew chapter 7, verse 14 states plainly. And if you guys need to listen to this program again, you can, to jot down all these scriptures. I know it's a lot of them. Matthew 7, verse 14. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leads unto life, and few there be that find it. It doesn't mean that every person on this earth won't be given a chance for salvation. It's just at this time, Yeshua is looking for a bride. He's looking for a bride right now. Once the bride is cleaned up, once the bride becomes consummated uh, through the marriage and marry her spiritual husband, then we will produce spiritual children, the rest or the majority of humanity. But that's another Bible study. But anyway, let's get back to Amos. I have um, 35 minutes left. Amos, chapter 8. And for you to understand what I'm about to talk about, and I don't have time to go over this in detail. However, the United States is a part of Israel. And for you to understand that, you got to go to www.b, as in boy, r-i-t-a-m dot org. That's www.b, as in boy, r-i-t-a, I'm sorry, www.b-r-i-t-a-m dot org. And be amazed and enlightened of the information that you will find on that website. It will help you to understand what I'm about to tell you. That the United States, the British Commonwealth of Nations, the countries in Northwestern Europe, Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa, all has something to do with those ten lost tribes. And then, of course, the little nation of Israel, they are a part of the twelve tribes of Israel. Now, also someone who believes that Yeshua is the Messiah gets grafted in to the rest of those tribes, ladies and gentlemen. That is truth that you must understand to understand the biblical prophecies. So anyway, Amos 8, verse 1, it says, Thus says the Master, Yah, showed unto me, and behold, a basket of summer fruit. And keep in mind, a basket of summer fruit occurs near the fall. All right? And he said, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a basket of summer fruit. Then said the Master to me, The end has come upon my people of Israel. I will not again pass by them anymore. Now, one of these days, this prophecy is going to be fulfilled, ladies and gentlemen. He is not going to continue to pass over all the abominable sins that we commit on a daily basis. I want you to understand that. You can't keep on killing babies like we do every day and not have judgment from Yah. He has been more than merciful, in my opinion, since 1973. And it's certainly a miracle he hasn't destroyed his country yet. But I'm telling you, our time is running out. That's what he wants me to tell you today on this program. And the date of this program is November 10th, 2016. Two days after the miracle of 
Donald Trump being elected president of the United States when all the pundits, when all the people, all the so-called experts stated that Hillary will win the election. It's certainly a miracle and is a way of God showing how merciful he is to his people still. However, hold your place in Amos chapter 8. We're going to go to Romans. This is what we must stop doing. We must stop doing this. And for those who have connections to Mr. Trump, please have him listen to this program. Have him listen to this program. He needs to. He needs to listen to biblical truth. And we need to pray for Donald Trump, that he will lead this nation to biblical truth. Romans 10, verse 1, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to Yah for Israel is that they might be saved. Verse 2, For I bear them record that they have a zeal for Yah. Yes, we do have a zeal for God in this country, don't we? We, we, uh, we do all kinds of things and we get over-emotional and, and, and so forth. But that zeal is not according to proper knowledge or, or according to knowledge. Verse 3, For they being ignorant or don't know of God's righteousness, righteousness is defined in the Bible as keeping all the mitzvah of the commandments. Psalm 119, <clears throat> verse 172. Psalm 119, verse 172. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of Yah. And so that is the problem that many Americans have. Uh, they, they just aren't doing what they're supposed to do totally. Now, if it's out of ignorance, then God will only judge them what they know. However, when they hear that they should change, when in some things they should know better. I mean, I understand about keeping the Sabbath and Holy Days uh, seminaries. They don't teach people that they should do that. I understand that. But common sense things like killing babies and, and gay stuff, I mean, that that is something that even the Protestant churches, uh, they know that is wrong. And so he's going to hold us accountable to what we know. And that's what I'm talking about right now. We need to repent of that, certainly. The other things, yeah, we need to start keeping the Sabbath on, on Saturday instead of Sunday and so forth and keeping the Holy Days. But certainly the things that, 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 the, that the churches certainly do understand, they should understand that uh, abortions is certainly not Right, according to the Bible, and only only in the case of the mother dying should an abortion be allowed scripturally. Second of all, we know that homosexuality is ter- is totally wrong. It's totally wrong. Thirdly, the Shema. Hold your place in Amos chapter eight. When we go to the, the Shema in Deuteronomy chapter six, verse four, it says, "Here, O Israel, the master our Yah is one master." Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, verse 5, And thou shalt love the master thy Yah with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And verse 6, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and you shall teach them diligently, diligently, like you mean it, unto your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in thine house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. Okay, and the fact that they took the Bible out of the classroom since the 1960s is not helping our nation at all. I know. I think that's the reason why God had me be a substitute teacher, to see the effect that it has had on our poor children in this country. And it's not a positive effect, ladies and gentlemen. And so, again, like I said, our country is at a crossroads. Let's get back to Amos again. And so we have the scripture 
summer fruit. I'm going to use uh, the, even the J um, Jameson Fawcett and Brown commentary says this correctly. It says, in, in Hebrews catch, the similarity of sounds implies that as the summer is the end of the year and the time of the ripeness of fruit, so Israel is ripe for her last punishment, ending her national existence as the fruit is plucked when ripe from the tree, so Israel from her land. Folks, this is a prophecy. This happened back then, uh, beginning with the, the uh, deportation of our people in 721 B.C. But it's going to happen again, ladies and gentlemen, unless we repent. I think I read Jeremiah 18, verse 7. We have to repent. I believe that Trump becoming president is a sign that our end is imminent if we don't repent as a nation. And we must start to really repent. Not having a little church gathering and say, oh, yeah, yeah, pray to God, and that's it, and everything is still the same. We, we can't do that. Uh, Amos 8, verse 3, and the songs of the temple shall be howlings in that day, says the master. There shall be many dead bodies in every place. They shall cast forth with silence. And in verse 4, here it is, O ye that swallow up the needy, even to make the poor of the land to fail. That is a good description of America today, ladies and gentlemen. We swallow up the needy, and we make the poor of the land to fail. And then in verse 6, it says, uh, well, I'll read verse 5, saying, Will, will the new moon be gone that we may sell corn and, and, and the Sabbath? And it's talking about the Sabbath year, which is another Bible, so that we may set forth wheat, making the ephah small and the shekel great, and falsifying the balances by deceit. Well, they did that back then, but today you can certainly see that there's a lot of deception in this country in reference to money and, and employment and everything else and holding back wages and, and causing unnecessary oppression in this country. Verse 6, that we may buy the poor for silver the needy for a pair of shoes and sell the refuse of the wheat. <clears throat> and then verse 7, the master has sworn by the excellency of Jacob, the excellency of Jacob, that's talking about all the 12 tribes, surely I will never forget any of their works. Verse 8, shall not the land tremble for this, and every one mourn that dwelleth therein, and it shall rise up holy as a flood, and it shall be cast out and drowned as the flood of Egypt, or Mitzrayim. And verse 9, and it shall come to pass in that day, says the master, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day. And I will turn your feasts into mourning, and all your songs into lamentation. I will bring up, a, uh, bring up sackcloth upon all loins, and baldness upon every head, and I will make it as the morning of an only of an only sun, and the end there is a bitter day. So, ladies and gentlemen, we must start to repent. We have to to repent. I mean, truly repent and change and realize that we've been taught wrong. We have to realize what Jeremiah states here in Jeremiah chapter sixteen. Jeremiah chapter sixteen. Starting at verse 19, O Master, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction, the Goyim, or the nations, shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth and shall say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there is no profit. Shall a man make Yahs or gods unto himself that they are no Elohims? Therefore, behold, I will this once cause him to know, I will cause him to know my hand and my might, and they shall know that my name is the Lord. That's the Tetragrammaton. They translated it Lord, but it's Y-H-V-H or Yahovah or Yahweh. That is his true name. And so uh, we don't know the, the exact pronunciation. But ladies and gentlemen, we need to pray for Donald Trump. 
And we need to realize something for those who are acting like little kids about this whole situation. We need to, to, to understand the following point. Daniel 2, verse 20 to 22. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of Yah forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his, and he changed the times and the seasons. He is the one that removes kings and sets up kings. He set up Donald Trump, ladies and gentlemen, even though there's rumors on the Internet, oh, Hillary won the popular vote. Oh, the Electoral College can be changed. Or the Electoral College, when they do that December 19th, they can actually elect her. Well, I'm just telling you that, <laughs> just in case something could crazy happen. But it doesn't appear that's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, I just saw today uh, President uh, Obama saying he's helping Donald Trump do this transitional stage. And, of course, you saw Hillary Clinton um, with her concession speech and so forth. So the odds of that happening is not very likely. I don't want it to happen, and I hope it doesn't happen. <laughs> but right now it appears that God has chosen Donald Trump uh, to become our next president. Certainly he chose him to win the election. All right, so uh, ultimately it is Yah who decides the rulers of countries. And for, we need to remember First Timothy 2, verse 1 to 4, especially the ones that are acting like they're half out of their minds today, uh, protesting Trump. Uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 4, it says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority. And that means everyone that's in authority. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all goodliness and honest, honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of Yah, our Savior who will have all men to be saved. He will, he would like to save everybody, even though some people, unfortunately, are going to make that bad choice. But his his ultimate uh, sentiment or feeling is to want to save everyone. So who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth? First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. What we need to do, ladies and gentlemen, is pray that Donald Trump and his word, the word Trump, his last name is Shofar in Hebrew. So Donald Shofar. And this entire nation, all of us, will repent and turn back due to Shuvah. That's what it means in Hebrew. And turn back to the perfect moral principles of the Bible. It is not enough just to talk about the Bible and quote verses. Collectively, as a nation, we must start putting into practice what the Bible says. That's what we must do as a nation to stop this nation from being destroyed, ladies and gentlemen. For an example of that, the book of Jonah. Read the entire book of Jonah. It is certainly about the tremendous mercy of Yah. We, as a nation, must fast and ask Yah to continue to be merciful to us and to show us the right way to live. And again, I would love for Donald Trump to listen to this. I don't care about him recognizing me. I don't care about that. God is just using me <clears throat> to wake people up. And if it's going to wake up our future president, that's fine. To do what he said he's going to do, that's fine. I don't care. And so uh, let's go to the book of Jonah here. The, one of the lessons of the book of Jonah that I love, uh, the last chapter. The last chapter. And see, Jonah, well, he was upset that Yah had mercy on the Ninevites because they... They were so afraid of God's judgment, um, and, and they realized they did something wrong, that they not, they not only fast, they had the animals fast too. 
And so they were very serious about it. And then Jonah 4, verse 1, it says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. Let's go, let's find out what displeased him. In verse 4 of Jonah chapter 3, And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed Yah and proclaimed the fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. Verse 6, For word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let him not feed nor drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto Yah. Yes, let them turn every one from his evil way. Do Teshuva and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and change his mind and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? This is what we need to do as a nation. Donald Trump needs to call the entire nation to do this, to save this nation. And after that, we need to continue to do <clears throat> what the Bible commands us to do and obey all his words. Because the Ninevites didn't do that, and that's why they got destroyed eventually. We have a whole book uh, called the Book of Nam, uh, the prophetic book that describes the destruction of the Ninevites because they did not truly, they did not continue to repent. Verse 9, who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? Verse 10, and Yah saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and Yah repented. And that's when God will change his mind about any judgments that he has, if you change. But we have to change. It's like Obama said, change. Well, what kind of change did he do? He violated the scriptures with his change uh, as far as Allowing two sects, he certainly influenced the, the ruling that two sexes now can marry each other, which is an abomination. And Yah saw their works that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he said that he would do unto them, and, and he did it not. And so anyway, um, the prophet Jonah was upset about this. And in, in verse 2 he says, And he prayed unto the master and said, I pray to your master, was not this my saying when I was yet in my in my country? Therefore I fled into Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and repentance, the of the evil. And so this is the reason why he fled, because he wanted judgment. Even if the people repented. And then that's not that's not a that is not the right type of attitude. And of course Yah here corrected him with that attitude. He wanted to die. And, he's, and, and then God was saying, do you have a right to be angry? And then in verse 9 of John chapter 4, and Yah said to Jonah, does thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. Then said the master, thou hast had pity on the gourd. And see, we have pity for insignificant things, folks. But yet we don't have the kind of pity we should have. And this is the lesson here. Thou hast had pity on the gourd for which... Thou hast not labored, neither made its grow, which came up in a, in a night and perished in a night. Verse 11, And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand? Also much cattle. We have many people in this country right now that can't do that. 
And that's why God has had mercy. But now, for people like me and others that are preaching the truth, you need to start listening to us. Because time is running out, ladies and gentlemen. We can't continue to think that God is going to continue to bless this country with us killing babies like we do every day, with us embracing homosexuality, with us embracing uh, more uh, government control uh, to the point of where it doesn't influence us to, to use our brains and, and getting brainwashed. We, we can't continue to think that God is not going to judge his nation. To think so is not really using your brain properly. We all have to get back into what the Bible says. That's the only way any of us will be truly saved. And we have to obey everything that it says. And we have to acknowledge when we hear false doctrine, we have to acknowledge it. We can't say, okay, well, I like this person, so I'm going to continue to attend the church, even though I listen to something that's totally wrong, totally harmful to me and other people. You can't do that. The prophet Elijah in the First Kings chapter 18, it said, hey, why do you have two opinions? <laughs> Either you're going to believe the true Yah or you're going to believe what you want to believe. You can't have two opinions with God unless that opinion lines up with his opinion. You can't do that. And so we are at a very, very crucial time in this country. And the big question is, are we going to repent? If not, then the Bible prophesied that this country will be destroyed, ladies and gentlemen. We are certainly Babylon. We fit the characteristics of mystery Babylon. And it is prophesied that Babylon will be destroyed. And so either we're going to do what the Ninevites did here to prevent that, or we will be destroyed. That is, that is, that's what is going to happen and I can't give you any dates, but if we continue on the path of wickedness that we're on right now, it will certainly occur, ladies and gentlemen. That you can go to the bank with because the Bible prophesied it to be, and then God states, of course, that if we change, then he'll, he won't do what he said he's going to do. And, of course, the book of Jonah is all about that. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have to get back to biblical principles. Let me quote. And I've done this before. I'm going to quote what our 40th president of the United States stated in 1980. And I think this is prophetic. The time has come to turn to God and reassert our trust in him for the healing of America. Our country is in need of and ready for a spiritual renewal. And then President Ronald Reagan, October 4th. 1982, as authorized and requested by a joint resolution of the 97th Congress of the United States of America, held at the city of Washington, designated 1983 as the National Year of the Bible. The resolution, Public Law 97-280, declared, and this is what Donald Trump needs to do. He needs to declare 2017 as the Year of the Bible. We need to get back to the Bible. Whereas the Bible, the Word of God, has made a unique contribution in shaping the United States as a distinctive and blessed nation and people, whereas deeply held religious convictions springing from the Holy Scriptures led to the early settlement of our nation, whereas biblical teachings inspire concepts of civil government that are contained in our Declaration of Independence and Constitution of the United States, whereas many of our great national leaders, among them Presidents Washington, Jackson, Lincoln, and Wilson, paid tribute to the surpassing influence of the Bible in our country's development. 
as in the words of President Jackson, that the Bible is the rock on which our republic rests. And you know that rock is the Messiah. That is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the first 11 verses. Whereas the history of our nation clearly illustrates the value of voluntarily applying the teachings of the scriptures in the lives of individuals, families, and societies. Whereas this nation now faces great challenges that will test this nation as it has never been tested before. And whereas that renewing our knowledge of and faith in God through the Holy Scriptures can strengthen us as a nation and a people. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the Senate and the House of Representatives of the United States of America and Congress assembled that the President is authorized and requested to designate 1983 as a national year of the Bible in recognition of both the formative influence the Bible has been for our nation and our national need to study and apply the teachings of Holy Scriptures. This is something that Donald Trump needs to do. We need to embrace the Bible, realize it's a Jewish book. We need to associate ourselves more with Jews, particularly Jews who believe that Yeshua or Jesus is the Messiah. And I know that uh, Netanyahu, <coughs> Netanyahu, Prime Minister Netanyahu of Israel, I don't blame him. He was very happy that Donald Trump was elected president. This can do a lot of things because I know the Bible does prophesy that the temple, the third temple, will be built. That's another Bible study. You may be able to find it in my archives. But for that to happen, we need to get rid of the Muslim problem, which is prophesied to occur as well. And Trump could play a role in that. He could be like an end-time Cyrus. We'll see. But this is all good, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I'm glad that uh, Hillary did not become president because there were rumors going on that Russia was stating the fact that if Hillary became president, it would be World War III, and we certainly aren't ready for that right now. And so I, I'm amazed, I am totally amazed at the mercy of Yah, ladies and gentlemen. I am totally amazed at the mercy of Yah. And we need to understand that this mercy will only continue if we start to repent. The time for this nation, the time for the world, is to start to repent. If we don't, then all these prophecies that the Bible has recorded will occur. Again, let's go to Jeremiah 18, verse 7. We can't keep on sinning and doing these things and thinking that God doesn't see it, and thinking that God is not affected by it. He has feelings too. What do you think we got ours from? Jeremiah 18, verse 7. At what instant, and remember, Jeremiah was a prophet to all the nations. Jeremiah 18, verse 7. At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it? If that nation against whom I pronounce turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. And it works the other way around as well. And so, women wanting to rule is increasing, ladies and gentlemen. It's really increasing. And if Hillary would have been an elected president, it really would have influenced other women to want that and to desire that as well. And there's, uh, let me go to a uh, website here about women ruling and so forth. There's a scripture in Isaiah 3, verse 12, that talks about that. 
there's there's been some progress, it says, on this website, theglobalist.com, U.S. versus the world, women as top political leaders. And uh, it has increased, but still, the natural thing is still occurring as a country. Most uh, leaders of countries are, are women. And so, but there's a trend lately that's been occurring uh, where you, you have women leading in top positions uh, uh, like the Federal Reserve Bank. You have Janet Yellen, that is the first woman Federal Reserve chairman or leader. And you have a woman that's leading the International Monetary Fund, which, is, which certainly influences all the world banks. You have a woman that is the mayor of Rome. You have a woman that has been the president of Germany for a while. And recently, in July, you have Theresa May as the second prime minister that is a woman. So these things are, are happening, and Hillary, certainly with her past position as secretary of state, has certainly played a role in fulfilling that prophecy in Isaiah chapter 3, verse 12, uh, where it states, the following, as for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, they which lead thee, cause thee the air, and destroy the way of thy path. So women, it's not for women to be presidents. It's not for women to break the glass ceiling. It's, it's for women to support and, uh, the, the glass ceiling, not to break it. And that's the kind of stuff that's going around right now that God prophesied that would, would occur. And so it looks like this is it for Hillary, unless something happens that is totally out of my <laughs> comprehension so that's the good news but again we, we have to see and watch and see what donald trump would do and we need to pray for donald trump that again he's able to overthrow or has a desire to to greatly overthrow roe versus wade and overthrow um the ruling that we can have gay marriages in this country and also put back the Bible and welcome prayer in classrooms. Those are the three things that I am inspired to tell you and to tell Donald Trump that he must do. And the fourth thing that he needs to do, and this is this was a, 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 a recommendation from God, a, a commandment that every ruler should do. It started, of course, with the king of Israel, but since Israel is a light to the nations, and, of course, we're a part of Israel, we should be doing the same. And so this is a commandment that I know I would do if I was president of the United States. In Deuteronomy chapter 17, it states, um, verse 14, When you are coming to the land which the master that Yah give thee, thou shalt possess it and shall dwell there, and it shall say, I will set a king over me, like as of all nations that are about me. In verse 15, you shall in any wise set a king over you whom the master thy God shall choose. So Obama, not Obama, but Donald Trump looks like the people chose Donald Trump. And so he set him up or he influenced the people, inspired the people to choose Donald Trump. It says, Thou shalt in any wise set him a king over thee. Thou shalt in any wise set him king, a king over thee whom the, the master thy God shall choose from from among thy brethren shall thou set a king over thee. You shall not set a stranger over thee, which is not thy brother, nor with someone that's not a part of the country. Verse 16, But he shall not multiply a horse to himself, nor cause the people to return to Mitzrayim, or Egypt, to the end that he should multiply horses, for as much as the master has said unto you, you shall henceforth return no more that way. Neither shall he multiply wives to himself. Now, if I go off, I'm not done yet, so I have some other important things to say here. So if I go off the air, 
Um, don't worry about it. Um, you'll be able to access this program in the archives. Uh, God inspires me to say certain things. I try to time it exactly, but it doesn't go that way a lot of times. For those who have listened to me, you know that. But uh, there's a few other scriptures I want to cover to help you understand that really Yah should be our king and all this democracy and all that. That's not really something that God is comfortable with. Uh, he He wants to be the one that chooses our leaders. And so um, let's, getting, let's get back to this. And so a, a ruler of a country uh, shouldn't multiply wise himself, that his heart turn away, neither shall he uh, greatly multiply himself silver. And I did hear that Trump said he's going to uh, not allow the government to pay him his presidential salary. That's great. That's a good start. Verse 18, and it shall be when he sits upon the throne of his kingdom that he shall write him a copy of this Torah in a book out of which is before the priests of the Levites. And it shall be with him, he shall read there in all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the master, his Yah, to keep all the words of the Torah and these statutes in doing. That's what Donald Trump, he needs to be studying his Bible every day. If he needs to write it, <laughs> write it out, write it out. You know, do whatever he has to do to, to, to that's a book that he needs to be praying, uh, praying, uh, using to pray for this nation, pray for himself, pray for the world. This is what he needs to do. This is the only way this nation is going to change, folks. It's not going to change any other way. We must have a leader that keeps Torah. We must have a leader that understands the Sabbath is not nailed to the cross. We must have a leader that understands that abortions is wrong. We must have a leader that understands that being gay is wrong and, and promoting gay marriages is wrong. Uh, verse 19, And it shall be with him, and he shall read there in all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Master, to keep all the words of this Torah and, and the statutes of Judah that his heart be not lifted up above his brethren, and that he turn not aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, to the end that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. So the leader has a lot to do with preservation of a nation, ladies and gentlemen. And this is a serious program. It really is. And I'm really trying to be as gentle as I can because I know that we have reached a crisis point and either either we're going to repent and avoid a lot of destruction or we're not. We're going to continue to do what we've been doing for many years and, and the prophesied destruction will come upon America and the entire world, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, to the point where what it says in the book of Revelation here, book of Revelation, and I don't want to scare you, but this is what the Bible indicates is going to happen, ladies and gentlemen, the last vial. Revelation chapter 16, verse 17, And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air. And there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from his throne, saying, It is done. It is done. And so it looks like I'm, <coughs> excuse me, looks like I'm going to be going off the air here in approximately 41 seconds. Uh, but you can catch the entirety of this program in the archives, ladies and gentlemen. And so I'm hoping to be done here in the next uh, 15 minutes. And I think it'll take about 20 to 30 minutes for it to be in the archives. But I do this program for you. I love you, whoever you are. And I have a great love for humanity. And I'm doing this and sacrificing my time to to teach you properly and so that you'll have hope and realize that the true God loves you and he just wants you to obey him. That is the true message of the gospel, ladies and gentlemen. So may God bless and keep you. Shalom. Okay, I am in the recorded session of the program.
So let's continue on. Uh, Revelation 16, verse 17, And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of, of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. Verse 18, And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake. So the greatest earthquake that will ever occur on the earth will occur unless this world repents. Verse 19, And the great city was divided into three parts, Mystery Babylon, and the cities of the nations fell, and, and great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath, and every island fled away. And so every island is going to fly away, and, and all the mountains will not be found. And so you're going to have the great earthquake. The, the city of Babylon will be destroyed. There's there's two Babylons, Mother Babylon, Daughter Babylon. And that's another Bible study. But in Revelation 16, verse 20, And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. In verse 21, And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, about the weight of a talent. And men blasphemed Yah because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. And so this is going to happen, ladies and gentlemen, unless we repent. And the way things are going, it looks like it's going to happen because I don't see any case at all of great worldwide repentance. I don't even see uh, in this country a serious mode of repentance. We, 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 we just don't seem to, to want to take Yah or God seriously unless something happens to us personally. And that's, that's unfortunate. And that's unfortunate, but that's the way our people have been for years. When it comes to Yah, Yah is second place in their lives. And in Deuteronomy chapter 32, he prophesied about our people here. He says, Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain, and my speech for those who doubt that this is not an end-time prophecy. It states here in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 27. For I know thy rebellion and thy stiff neck. Behold, while I was yet alive with you this day, you have been rebellious against the master, and how much more after my death? Verse 28 of Deuteronomy chapter 31. Gather unto me all the elders of your tribes and your officers, that I may speak these words, these words, in their ears, and call heaven and earth to record against them. And verse 29. I know that after my death you will utterly corrupt yourselves and turn aside from the way which I have commanded you, and evil will befall you in the latter days, as the days before the coming of the Messiah, because you will do evil in the sight of the Master to provoke him to anger through the work of your hands. I'm telling you right now, abortions is certainly provoking Yah, and it's only because of his incredible and sometimes un... Well, I would say uh, uh, we can't comprehend his mercy, that we are still a nation right now. Uh, and here we are killing babies every day, thousands of babies aborting them, because you will do evil in the sight of the master to provoke him to anger through the work of your hands. And this is interesting because abortions, isn't that done with the work of a doctor's hands? Verse 30, And Moshe spake in the ears of all the congregation of Israel the words of this song until they were ended. And so in Deuteronomy chapter 32, and he, he talks about, Verse 3 of Deuteronomy 32, Because I will publish the name of the Master, ascribe you greatness to our God. He is our rock. What did, what did uh, Ronald Reagan just say? He realizes the rock, that Yah is our rock. Verse 4, Yah is our rock. His work is perfect for all his ways, our judgment, the God of truth. He's the God of truth, folks. Truth is Torah. All its instructions and doctrines is not just some of it, all of it. And so that's the God that I worship, and that's the God that 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 uh that's the God 
that Donald Trump needs to worship and everyone else who voted for him in this whole nation. The God of truth, the God of Torah, the God of all his instructions and doctrines, and without iniquity, just and right is he. Verse 5, they have corrupted themselves. Their spot is not the spot of his children. They are perverse and crooked generations, talking about this generation, the generation of the 21st century. Verse 6, do you thus requite the master, O foolish people, and unwise? Is not he, he calls us foolish people. Is he not the, thy father that's bought thee? Has he not made thee and established thee? And he's telling us, verse 7, I know many kids don't like this, but he tells us to remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations, and ask thy father, and he will show thee, thy elders, and they will tell thee. When the Most High divided the nations, their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. Verse 9. For the master's portion is his people. Jacob is a lot of his inheritance. So he's going to use all the tribes of Israel to lead the world to repentance one day. Verse 10. He found him in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. He led him out about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. All the tribes of Israel, not just the Jews, are the apple of his eye. Verse 11. As an eagle stirred above her nest, fluttered over her young, spread about her wings, taken them, bear them on her wings. And, of course, we know we have, as the United States, coat of arms, an eagle. Verse 12. So the master alone did lead him, and there was no strange Yah with him. He made him right on the high places of the earth. In all the western nations, we have the best of everything, that he might eat the increase of the fields, and he made him to suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock. Verse 14, butter of kind and milk of sheep, with the fat of lambs and the rams of the breed of Bashan, and goats with the fat of kidneys of wheat. And thou didst drink the pure blood of the grape. But Jezrun... And Jezreel means uh, upright. Wax fat and kick. Thou art waxing fat. Thou art grown thick. And so God knew our people. <clears throat> he knows the characteristics of our people. And one of the characteristics of our people is that we are overweight. A lot of us are A good bunch of us are overweight. Thou art covered with fatness. He forsook God, which made him and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. They provoked him to jealousy with strange Yahs or Elohims with abominations provoked him to anger. They sacrificed in the devils that this grove that some of these political leaders go to, they, they, they are actually sacrificing the devils. I forgot the name of it, some grove or whatever, but they're doing that. Uh, to guys whom they knew not, to new guys that came newly up, whom your fathers fear not, verse 18, of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful. And has forgotten the eye that formed him when the master saw it, he abhorred it because of the provoking of his sons and of his daughters. And he said, I will hide my face from them. And it's sad, but our wickedness is so bad, ladies and gentlemen, that I know Yah from time to time hides his face from us. And, and he says, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end will be, for they are a very forward generation. So we are a forward generation in God's eyes. Perverse. We're very perverse. We are children in whom there is no faith. Faith is the evidence of things not seen, and faith must have works. Verse 21, they have moved me to jealousy with that which is not Yah. They have provoked me to anger with their vanities. And I will move them to jealousy with a people, with those who are not a people, and I provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. That's talking about people that aren't a part 
of the tribes of Israel. Verse 22, For a fire is kindled in my anger, and he shall burn into the lowest hell, and shall consume the earth with her increase, and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. Verse 23 of Deuteronomy 32, I will heap mischiefs upon them, I will spend my arrows upon them. They shall be burnt with hunger, and devoured with burning heat, and with bitter destruction. I will also send the teeth of beasts upon them, with the poisons of serpents of the dust. Verse 25, the sword without, and there will be a military coup here in this country. Uh, there will be, not a coup, but there will be other nations coming to destroy this nation. And terror within, we've already had that, and shall destroy both the young man and the virgin, the suckling with the man of gray, hair, gray hairs. Verse 26, I said I will scatter them into corners. I will make the remembrance of them to cease from among men. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I can read the rest of this, but it's not good news if we don't repent. And so I, or God is inspiring me to tell you that we must get serious about the Bible. We must get serious, <coughs> excuse me, and read the entire Bible from Bereshit or Genesis to the book of Revelation. And we must believe all its words and we must follow those words. And if we don't do this collectively as a nation, this nation will, according to the Bible, be destroyed. As plain and simple as that. I'm trying to be as simple as I can, as gentle as I can. But we we have to, this election is a sign that we are so divided and we are so lost. And we have to get back on track, ladies and gentlemen. We We have to get back on track. Hosea chapter 4 is a prophecy. It says, hear the word of the master, you children of Israel, for the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. Because there is no truth, and that's true. There's hardly any truth in this land. Truth that will influence people to change. No mercy, nor knowledge of Yah in the land. The true knowledge. In verse 2 of Hosea chapter 4, by swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, and they break out and blood toucheth blood. Therefore shall the land mourn, and everyone that dwells therein shall languish with the beasts of the field and with the fowls of heaven. Yes, the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away. Verse 4, Yet let no man strive, nor reprove one another, for thy people are they that strive with the priests. Verse 5, Therefore shall thou, shall, therefore shall thou fall in that day, in the day, and the prophets shall also fall with thee in the night, and I will destroy a mother. Verse 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that you shall have no priest or, or, or true teacher to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the Torah of the Master, I will also forget thy children, and he has, he's allowed abortions. Verse 7, as they were increased, so they sinned against me, therefore will I change their glory into shame. They eat up the sin of my people, and they set their heart on their iniquity. And there shall be like people, like the priests. I will punish them for their ways and reward them for their doings. And it says right here in verse 10, For they shall eat and not have enough. They shall commit whoredom and shall not increase because they have left off to take heed to the master. Verse 11, Whoredom, ask counsel at their stocks. No, whoredom, I'm sorry. Hosea 4, verse 11, Whoredom and wine and new wine take away the mind. Verse 12, my people ask counsel at their stocks and their staff declare unto them, for the spirit of whoredoms has caused them to err, and they have gone a-whoring from under their, yeah, this can be physical fornication and spiritual fornication as well. 
And so anyway, you can read the rest of this, but folks, we, we've got to change. We, we've got to understand that, that, that Yah wants to see genuine repentance of this nation because he's getting sick and tired of us killing babies, folks. He's getting sick and tired of us embracing homosexuality. And if we think that he's not going to judge us for this, you are completely out of your mind. All right? And uh, we, we, we have to understand. Here's the prayer of Nehemiah. Let me read this to you. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 6. Thou, even thou, master alone, thou hast made the heaven. Then the heavens of heavens with all their hosts, the earth and all that therein, the seas and all that is therein. This is Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 6. And thou preserveth them all, and the hosts of heaven worship thee. Verse 7. Thou art the master, the Yahovah, who did choose Abraham and brought him forth out of Ur of the Chaldees and gave him the land, the name of, well, it was Abram, and then his name started to be or it was changed to be Abraham or Abraham. Verse 8. And found his heart faithful before thee, and made a covenant with him to give to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Jebusites, and the Gergesites, to give it, I say, to his seed, and has performed thy words, for thou art righteous. Verse 9 of Nehemiah chapter 9. And you did see the affliction of our fathers in Mitzrayim, or Egypt, and heard their cry by the Red Sea. And showed signs of wonders upon Pharaoh and all and on all his service and on all the people of his land, for thou knew that they dealt proudly against him. So did thou get thee a name as it is this day, and thou didst divide the sea before them, so that they went through the midst of the sea on the dry land, and their persecutors thou threwest into the deep as a stone into the mighty waters. Moreover, thou led them in the day by a cloudy pillar. And in the night by a pillar of fire to give them light in the way wherein they should go. Verse 13, Thou camest down also upon Mount Sinai and spake with them from heaven and gave them right judgments and true laws. Not false laws, true laws. Good statutes and commandments, that's the entire Torah, the instructions and doctrines of Yah. And made known unto them thy holy Shabbat and command them precepts, statutes, and Torah and laws and instructions by the hand of Moshe, thy servant. Verse 15, you gave them bread from heaven for their hunger and brought forth water for them out of the rock for their thirst and promised them that they should go and to possess the land which thou hast sworn to give them. Verse 16, but this is our people, and this is prophesied to occur, and it is happening as I'm speaking again. Verse 16, but they and our fathers dealt proudly and hardened their necks and hearkened not to obey thy mitzvah. Her commandments, verse 17 of Nehemiah chapter 9, and refused to obey, neither were mindful of thy wonders that thou didst among them, but hardened their necks. We are a stubborn and stiff-necked people. And in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. But thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and forsook them not. Verse 18, yes. When they had made them a molten calf and said, This is thy God that brought thee out of Mitzrayim, or Egypt, and had wrought great provocations, yet thou in thy manifold mercies forsook them not in the wilderness. The pillar of the cloud departed not from them by day to lead them in the way, neither the pillar of fire by night, to show them light and the way wherein they should go. 
verse 20 of Nehemiah chapter 9. Thou gavest also thy good spirit to instruct them, and withheldest not thy manna from their mouth, and gave them water for their thirst. Yes, 40 years did you sustain them in the wilderness, so that they lacked nothing. Their clothes waxed not old, and their feet swelled not. Moreover, thou gavest them kingdoms and nations, and did divide them into corners, so they possessed the land of Sion, in the land of the king of Heshbon, in the land of Og, king of Bashan. Verse 23 of Nehemiah chapter 9. Their children also multipliest thou as the stars of heaven, and brought them into the land concerning which thou had promised to their fathers that they should go in to possess. Verse 24 of Nehemiah chapter 9. So the children went in and possessed the land, and thou subduest before them the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, and gave them into their, their hands with their kings and the people of the land, that they might do with them as they would. Verse 25, and they took strong cities in the fat land and possessed houses full of all goods, wells, digged vineyards and olive yards, and fruit trees in abundance. So they did eat and were filled and became fat and delighted themselves in thy great goodness. Verse 26 of Nehemiah chapter 9, nevertheless they were disobedient and rebelled against thee and cast thy Torah behind their backs and slew thy prophets which testified against them to turn them to thee. And they wrought great provocations. A prophet also tells the people to repent, to turn back to Yah. That's the true sign of a true prophet, in addition to getting some predictions correct. Verse 27, Therefore thou deliverest them into the hand of their enemies, who vexed them. And in the time of their trouble, when they cried unto thee, thou heard them from heaven, and according to thy manifold mercies, thou gavest them saviors, who saved them out of the land out of the hand of their enemies. Verse 28, But after they had rest, they did evil again before thee. Therefore left them that. This is the cycle that went on and on and on. The whole book of Judges is about that. They even, the reason why we even having women starting to think about leadership positions is because of how wicked we are as a nation. Uh, the last verse of Judges. Hold your place in Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 28. It's interesting that I'm talking about judges because we really do need righteous judges right now. And I hope Donald Trump learns how to be one. Judges chapter 21, verse 25. In those days, these are the days of the judges where they had no king. In those days, there was no king of, in Israel. Every man did which was right in his own eyes. And that's a description of America today, ladies and gentlemen. Most people in this country are doing what they think is right, and they're not going going by all the words of the Bible, and they're not going to the Bible to see, okay, what is God, how does God feel about these things? No, instead we go to our government. We're going to probably go to President Trump, unless President Trump ends up being a righteous king, a righteous person who believes in the entire Bible. Uh, that would be a great thing, but what, what we have done in the past, <clears throat> we go to our government. We don't go to the Bible. Or we go to our churches who are teaching false doctrine. And we need to, 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 to go to people like myself and, and others who are preaching the truth out of the scriptures. We need to listen to those who are preaching the truth, not those who aren't. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 28, But after they had rest, they did evil again before thee. Therefore, let us thou them in the land of their enemies, so that they had the dominion over them. Yet when they returned and cried out unto thee, thou heardest them from heaven. And many times you, you did deliver them according to thy mercies. Nehemiah 9, verse 29, And testify against them that thou mightest bring them again into thy Torah, yet they dealt 
proudly and hearken not unto thy commandments, but sin against thy judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. And withdrew the shoulder and hardened their neck and would not hear. Yet many years did you forbear them and testified against them by thy spirit and thy prophets. Yet would they not give ear. Therefore you gave them into the land of the people of the lands. Nevertheless, for thy great mercies, Thou didst not utterly consume them, nor forsake them, for thou art a gracious and merciful God. And verse 32 of Nehemiah chapter 9. Now therefore are Yah, the great and mighty and terrible Yah, who keepeth covenant and mercy, let not all the trouble seem little before thee that have come upon us, on our kings and our princes and on our priests and on our prophets and our fathers and, and on all thy people since the time of the kings of Isaiah and to this day. He's talking about since 721 B.C., with the deportation of our people. Verse 33 of Nehemiah chapter 9, Howbeit thou art just in all that is brought upon us, for thou hast done right, but we have done wickedly. Verse 34 of Nehemiah chapter 9, This is an incredible statement by, by Nehemiah. Neither have our kings, our princes, our priests, nor our fathers kept thy laws. That's the majority. Some did, but the, but the majority have not, or and still continue to this day, not to keep it. Neither have our kings, our princes, our priests, nor our fathers kept thy law, nor hearkened unto thy commandments and thy testimonies, whereof thou didst testify against them. Verse 35 of Nehemiah chapter 9. But they have not served thee in their kingdom, and in thy great goodness that thou gavest them, and in the large and fat land which thou gavest them. Um, <clears throat> Let me read this again. Let me drink some water here first. Nehemiah 9, verse 35, For they have not served thee in their kingdom, and in thy great goodness that thou gavest them, and in the large and fat land which thou gavest before them, neither turn they from their wicked works. Behold, we are servants this day, and for the land that thou gavest unto our fathers to eat the fruit thereof and the good there, behold, we are servants in it. And so anyway, this tells you the tremendous verses for those people who say, oh, that's the Old Testament. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, ladies and gentlemen. I'll read these first 11 verses, because God wants me to read them. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I will not that you should be ignorant, so let's not be ignorant, how that all our fathers were under the... Now, this is Shaul, the Apostle Paul, talking to the Corinthian church, ladies and gentlemen, in the New Testament, all right? Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers... This is the reason why I say our people, because they are they are ancient... Ancestors are a part of us, and we are part of our ancient ancestors because the United States is a part of Israel, ladies and gentlemen. Whether you believe that or not is a fact. First Corinthians 10, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Verse 2. And were all immersed into Moses or baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And verse 3. And did all eat the same spiritual meat or food. Verse 4. And did drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock, and here's the definition, the Bible definition of the rock found in Deuteronomy chapter 32, of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was the Messiah. And so the, the Messiah certainly preexisted, as he said himself in John chapter 8. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 5, and that's another Bible study. But with many of them, Yah was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Verse 6, now these things were our examples. What happened in the Bible is our example, not only for us that are a part of Israel, but for the entire world. Now, these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Verse 7, neither. And see, we are 
the world's largest distributor of pornography, ladies and gentlemen. We need to stop lusting for things like that. Verse 7, neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Verse 8, neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day 23,000. Verse 9, neither let us tempt the Messiah, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Verse 10, neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Verse 11, now all these things happen unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. And so that, that is a very uh, interesting scripture. Let me read 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11. It says, now these things befall, then now these things befell them by the way of a figure as an example and warning to us. They were written to admonish and fit us for right action by good instruction, we in whose days the ages have reached their climax, their consummation and concluding period. And so what happened in the wilderness is prophetic. We need to do what they failed to do. We need to start keeping the Torah and start to do the things that they were doing, ladies and gentlemen, to save this nation from being destroyed. That is the truth and nothing but the truth. So help me, God. And so... Ladies and gentlemen, I just hope that you understand. There's another thing I want to bring up here. For those who are wondering why we have the oppressive governments that we have today, I must bring this up. Obviously, God wants me to. 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 1. Uh, I'm going to read this in the King James. It says, And it came to pass, when Samuel was old, that he made his sons judges over Israel. Verse 2. Now, the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abiah, is Abiah. They were judges in Beersheba, verse 3. And his sons walked not in his ways, unfortunately. And so, unfortunately, you can have a situation where the father is teaching correctly, but the sons still rebel. And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside from, and they went after greedy gain and took bribes and perverted judgment. Verse 4. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel and to, uh, Samuel and to Ramah. In verse 5, and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Verse 6, But the thing displeased Samuel, when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the master, and the master said unto Samuel, Hearken to the voice of the people and all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. And, and really, most people don't want Yah to, to rule over them, even to this day. Verse 8, According to all the works which they have done since the day that I have brought them out of Mitzrayim or Egypt, even unto this day, where they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. Verse 9, Now therefore hearken to their voice, howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them, and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. Verse 10. So this is prophetic. And this will maybe help you to understand why we have oppressive governments. Verse 10 of First Samuel chapter 8, And Samuel told all the words of the master unto the people that asked of him of a king. And he said, this will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots or military armaments, and, to, and for his horsemen. That's why we have a draft, right, or did have a draft, and that's why we have a military. And some shall run before his chariots, and he will appoint his captains over thousands and captains over fifties, and will set them to ear his ground, to reap his harvest, and to make his instructions, or not his instructions, his instruments of war and instruments of his chariots, in verse 13, and he will take your daughters to be confectionaries 
and to be cooks and to be bakers, and he will take your fields and your vineyards and your olive yards and the best of them and give them to his servants. Verse 15, he will take the tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and to give to his officers and to his servants. And he will take your manservice and your maidservants and your goodliest young men and your asses and put them to work. He will take the tenth of your sheep and he shall be his servants. In other words, to paraphrase it, he will tax tax you to death. <laughs> and that is what is going on, ladies and gentlemen. That's what's going on for years in this country and in other uh, democracies around the world. In verse 19 of 1 Samuel chapter 8, Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us. See, so they didn't want to hear. They didn't care about that. They just wanted to have their way. In verse 20, That we may also be like all the other nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he rehearsed them into the ears of the master. And the master said to Samuel, Hearken to their voice and make them a king. And Samuel said unto the men of Israel, Go ye every man to his country. So, to a city. So God warned him. And then in First Samuel chapter 12, is interesting here. In verse 1, First Samuel 12, verse 1. And Samuel said unto all Israel, Behold, I have hearkened unto your voice and all that you have said unto me and have made a king over you. And now, behold, the king walketh before you, and I am old and gray-headed. And behold, my sons are with you, and I have walked before you from my childhood unto this day. Behold, in First Samuel 12, verse 3. Here I am, witness against me before the master and before his anointed. Whose ox have I taken, or whose ass have I taken, or whom have I defrauded? Whom have I oppressed, or who, or of whose hand have I received any bribe to blind my eyes therewith? And I will restore it to you. Verse 4, And they said, Thou hast not defrauded us, nor oppressed us, neither hast thou taken aught of any man's hand. And verse 5 of Samuel chapter 12, And he said unto them, the master's witness against you and his anointed is witness this day that you have not found aught in my hand, and they answered he is witness. In verse six, and Samuel said unto the people, It is the master that advanced Moses and Aaron and that brought your fathers out of the land of Israel or Egypt. Verse seven, now therefore stand still that I may reason with you before the master of all the righteous acts of the master which he did to you and to your fathers. In verse eight, when Jacob or Yaakov was coming to Mitzrayim or Egypt, and your fathers cried unto the master. Then the master sent Moses and Aaron, which brought forth your fathers out of Mitzrayim or Egypt, and made them dwell in this place. And when they forgot the master, their Elohim, he sold them into the hand of Sisera, captain of the host of Hazar, into the land of the Philistines, into the land of the king of, hand of the king of Moab, and they fought against him. And they cried unto the master and said, We have sinned because we have forsaken the master and have served Balaam and Ashtaroth. But now deliver us out of the hand of our enemies, and we will serve thee. In verse 11 of 1 Samuel chapter 12, the master sent Jerobbaal, 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 yes, Jerobbaal, yeah, Jerobbaal, and Burden and Jephthah and Samuel, and delivered you out of the hand of your enemies on every side, and you dwelled safe. Verse 12. And when you saw that Nahash, the king of the children of Ammon, came against you, you said unto me, Nay. But a king shall reign over us when the master of your Yahweh is your king. Verse 13. Now therefore behold the king whom you have chosen and whom you have desired to behold. The master has set a king over you. Now verse 14 of 1 Samuel chapter 12. And I hope if Donald Trump listens to this, I hope he takes it to heart. If you will fear the master and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the master, then shall both you and also the king that reigneth over you continue following the master, following the master of your Yah. Verse 15, but if you will not obey the voice of the master, but rebel against the commandment of the master, then shall the 
the hand of the master be against you as it was against your father. So I'm going to repeat this. This is for Donald Trump and all of us as a nation. First Samuel 12, verse 15, uh, starting in First Samuel 12, verse 14. If you will fear the master and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the master, then shall both you and also the king, or in this case, the president, that reign of over you continue following the master of your Yah. Verse 15 of 1 Samuel chapter 12. But if he will not obey the voice of the master, but rebel against the commandment of the master, then shall the hand of the master be against you as it was against your fathers. Verse 16 of 1 Samuel chapter 12. Now therefore stand and see this great thing which the master will do before your eyes. Verse 17 of 1 Samuel chapter 12. Is it not wheat harvest today? I will call unto the master, and he shall send thunder and rain that you may perceive and see that your wickedness is great, which you have done in the sight of the master in asking for a king. So, folks, I know it's hard for you to conceive this, but God never, he's not pleased with our democratic process. He doesn't care about Republicans and Democrats. What he cares about is for us to repent and to do things his way. And I guarantee you, there won't be Democrats or Republicans or any other party in his kingdom. In verse 18, so Samuel called upon the master, and the master sent thunder and rain that day, and all the people greatly feared the master and Samuel. And I know you probably don't get this preached to you at all, but this is the word of God, ladies and gentlemen, and I hope you should listen to this. First Samuel 12, verse 17, again, is it not wheat harvest today? I will call upon the master, and he shall send thunder and rain, that you may perceive and see your wickedness is great, which you have done in the sight of the master in asking for a king. Verse 19 of 1 Samuel chapter 12. And all the people said unto Samuel, Pray for thy servants and to the master thy God, that we die not, for we have added unto all our sins this evil to ask us a king. But God is still merciful. Even though he says that's wicked, I want to read something to you here. 1 Samuel 12 verse 20. And Samuel said unto the people, Fear not, you have done all this wickedness. So it's wickedness to be choosing somebody. God wants to choose a ruler. It's not for us to do, according to the scriptures. However, God is still merciful, though. Verse 20, and Samuel said unto the master, uh, and Samuel said unto the people, Fear not, you have done all this wickedness, yet turn not aside from following the master, but serve the master of all your heart, and turn you not aside. But then should you go after vain things which cannot profit nor deliver, for they are vain. For the master will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, but it has pleased the Lord to make you his people. Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the master and cease to pray for you, but I will teach you the good and the right way. And that's what I want to do. That's all I've ever wanted to do is teach you the good and the right way. Verse 24, first hand, that's what God wants to do. He uses teachers like me and others to teach you the good and the right way. Verse Samuel 12, verse 24, only fear the master and serve him in truth, not in, false, not in falseness, not in what you think is right. But he says, serve him in truth. What is truth? Psalm 119, 142. Truth is all the doctrines and commandments and teachings of God. The entire Bible, all the 66 books. Only fear the master and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider how great things he has done for you. Verse 25. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be consumed, both you and your king. And that's a warning to Donald Trump from the mouth of well, actually, it's my mouth, but it's coming from God's mouth, <laughs> and he's using my mouth to tell you. And so, again, he states this in 1 Samuel 12, verse 24, Only fear the master and serve him in truth of all your heart, for consider how great things he has done for you. 
But if you still do wickedly, you shall be consumed, both you and your king. And he says our people are so rebellious, folks. If you don't believe this, let me turn to Ezekiel chapter 3. Verse 1. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, eat that thou findest, and eat this roll, and go speak unto the house of Israel, which is all the tribes, including. Uh, and today, the house of Israel consists of the little land of Israel in the Middle East, the Jews. It consists of the United States, the British Commonwealth and nations, the countries in Northwestern Europe, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, and, of course, anyone scattered around the world in any nation that accepts Yeshua as Messiah. You are all considered Israel to God. And so, in verse 2 of Ezekiel, chapter 3, So I opened my mouth, and he caused me to eat that roll. In verse 3, and he said to me, Son of man, cause thy belly to eat, and fill thy bowels with this roll that I give thee. Then did I eat it. And it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. In verse 4, and he said unto me, Son of man, go, get thee into the house of Israel, and speak my words unto them. For thou art not sent to a people of a strange speech and of a hard language, but to the house of Israel. Not to many people of a strange speech and of a hard language whose words thou cannot understand. Surely had I sent thee to them, they would have hearkened to thee. So he's saying that if he would send his prophets to other people around the world, they would hearken unto that prophet. Verse 7, But the house of Israel will not hearken unto thee, for they will not hearken unto me. For all the house of Israel, and this is, let me read this in another translation so you'll understand this, an amplified translation. Um, actually, let me read it in a, another clearer version than that. In Ezekiel 3, verse 7, in the Bible and basic English version, it says, but the children of Israel will not give ear to you, for they have no mind to give ear to me, for all the children of Israel have a hard bro and a stiff heart. And so that's unfortunate, but our people are very stubborn. You know, even the Jews say, hey, you know, we, we're stubborn folks. We're stiff-necked. And, and, and we can't be that way. We can't be that way. But he tells me and other people who are preaching the truth the following. Ezekiel 3, verse 8, Behold, I have made thy face strong against her faces, and thy forehead strong against her foreheads. As an adamant, harder than flint, have I made thy forehead. Fear them not, neither be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. And so, he says here, verse 10, Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, all my words that I shall speak unto thee, receive in thy heart, and hear with thy ears. Verse 11, And go, get thee to them of the captivity, and to the children of thy people, and speak unto them, and tell them, thus says the master, Yah, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear. And, you know, that's what I do. And I get rejected a lot, but there's, there's a few, there's always a few, his jewels that listen and appreciate what I do. And that's what keeps me going. And, you know, if I can just save one soul, as my wife says, and this work of Yah is worth it. Although I think it's going to be more than one soul saved by people listening to me. I get a good bunch of people listening to me and and this program over the years. And so, ladies and gentlemen, let's pray, let's fast for this nation, and let's pray for his mercy, but eventually, folks, we have to start obeying. And if we don't, then he's going to have to do what he has to do, and I know he doesn't want to do it. But the good news is that even if we have to go through this destruction, it is prophesied that many of us will repent. And we'll, we will seek the true Yah. So one way or the other, it's going to happen. I just hope that we don't have to go through all this uh, prophesied destruction. And the only way that's going to happen is if we repent, ladies and gentlemen. We have to repent. We have to turn back to Yah. 
And we have to understand that we have to obey him in all things. And in first John chapter three verse sixteen is an interesting scripture. I'm going to read it to uh, verse 19. Hereby receive we the love of God, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brother. In verse 17, but whosoever have this world's good and sees his brother have need and shuts up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of Yah in him? Verse 18, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Verse 19, and hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. And so that that's what we must do, ladies and gentlemen. We we must start to love him, truly love him. And love is certainly <coughs> excuse me. Love certainly consists of keeping the commandments. First John five verse three, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. In John fourteen verse fifteen he says, If you love me, keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. Uh, that's very important. First John 1, verse 6 states, And this is love that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that you love, that, that you have heard from the beginning. You should walk in it. Romans 13. If you want an is definition in the Bible of love, it's in here. Romans 13, verse 10 states plainly, Love worketh no ill to his labor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Ahava. That's what love is in Hebrew. And it certainly has something to do with a covenant, obeying a covenant. Therefore, ahava, or love, is the fulfilling of Torah. The fulfilling or the completion of keeping the Torah. And that Greek word, fulfilling, it means um, to fill up, to complete. That's what love is all about. And so, my fellow human beings and brethren around the world, this is a serious message because humanity is on the brink, not just this country, but humanity as a whole is on the brink. And if we want to stop the following to, to happen, ladies and gentlemen, if we want to stop this, Isaiah, this is a prophecy, Isaiah chapter 24, verse 1, Behold, the master makes the earth empty and maketh it waste, and turns it upside down, and scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. Verse 2, It shall be, as with the people, so with the priest, as with the servant, so with his master, as with the maid, so with her mistress, as with the buyer, so with the seller, as with the lender, so with the borrower, as with the taker of usury or interest, so with the giver of interest to him. Verse 3, This word should be translated, because the Hebrew is Eretz, it should be translated the entire earth in this context. Uh, the Eretz, shall be utterly emptied and utterly spoiled for the master has spoken this word. I just read you, this is a prophecy of what's going to happen in uh, Revelation chapter 16, that's seven vial, verse 4. The earth mourneth and fadeth away, the world languish and fadeth away, the haughty people of the earth do language. The earth also is defiled, is under a state of decay, under the inhabitants there, because, why? Because they have transgressed the Torahs, or the instructions and doctrines, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. And this is the reason why if we don't repent, this is what's going to happen. The curse is already devouring the earth, but this is what's going to happen according to uh, the greatest prophet in the universe, Yah himself. Therefore has the curse devoured the earth, and they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men left. That's what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen, 
if we don't repent. And he states he has a controversy with all the nations, not just the United States. Isaiah 34, verse 1, he says, Come near, ye nations, to hear, and hearken, you people. Let the earth hear, and let... Isaiah 34, verse 1, Come near, ye nations, to hear, and hearken, you people. Let the earth hear, and all that is therein, the world and all things that come forth of it. Verse 2, For the indignation of the masters upon all the nations, and his fury upon all their armies. He has utterly destroyed them. He has delivered them to the slaughter. This is talking about what's going to happen in Revelation chapter 19. And this is going to happen if we don't repent, ladies and gentlemen. And so, with that, my fellow human beings, we must repent and we must understand that God, in Hebrews chapter 12, he states plainly about punishment. Hebrews 12, verse 6, For whom the master loves, he chastises, or he punishes, or chasteneth, or punishes, and scourges every son whom he receives. Verse 7, If you endure punishment, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father does not discipline or punish? But if you are without, and it, and it states here that the punishment may not be pleasant, but in verse 11, it says of Hebrew chapter, Now, no uh, punishment for the present seemeth to be joyous, of course, you know, uh, or correction. That's a better word for it. But no correction for the present seemed to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. So if we continue on our current path of being stubborn, not repenting, and not acknowledging the God of the Bible, then we will be corrected. And it's going to be painful, but the good news is that it will bring righteousness. It reminds me of a scripture in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 26, <coughs> excuse me, Isaiah chapter 26, verse 9, it states, With my soul have I desired thee in the night, yes, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. So, I need to go over what the sins of Sodom are again. Most people don't, or quite a few people don't know what those are, and then I'm going to end the program. This is what not only the United States needs to repent of, but all nations of the world needs to repent of these sins. Because all nations of the world have some of these sins, or are committing some of these sins. Ezekiel 16, verse 49, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom, pride. Fullness of bread, abundance of idleness was in her and her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. And they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw good. Those are the sins of Sodom. Pride, having too much. Well, not all nations have that problem, but certainly the Western nations do. And abundance of idleness was in her and her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. And they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Most nations have people that are prideful. We all have that problem at times. Therefore, I took them away as I saw good. And Proverbs 13, verse 10 states that only by pride comes contention. That's the reason why we have contention around the world, because many people are prideful. And so, in Deuteronomy chapter 32, it says that Israel, the Western nations, and the country in Northwestern Europe, uh, geography, uh, geographically, the nations 
of Israel or the 12 tribes of Israel are located in the Western nations, the United States, the British Commonwealth of Nations, uh, the countries of Northwestern Europe, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, and, of course, the uh, little nation of Israel in the Middle East. We are guilty. God prophesied that we would all be guilty in, this, in, in, the, in these end times, in the 21st century, of drinking the vine of Sodom. And Deuteronomy 32, verse 32 says, For their vine is of the vine of Sodom, and their fields of Gomorrah. And so we're full of that. We're full of all those sins that I mentioned, and we have to repent of those sins. So let's pray that we repent of those sins, ladies and gentlemen, because if we don't, it's going to be very difficult for us. But the good news is uh, we still, a good bunch of us will make it. It's prophesied that his goal is to save all of Israel or Israel as a nation. There's going to be few, of course, that won't make it. Uh, Romans chapter 9 said all Israel is not Israel. But a good bunch will. And so <clears throat> we need to repent, and uh, we will, one way or the other, this is going to be fulfilled in Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7, verse, um, where is it? Revelation, Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, And after this I beheld and lo, a great multitude which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands which for those who are good Bible students, that's symbolic of Sukkot or the Festival of Tabernacles, which pictures the millennial rule of Messiah, the 1,000-year rule of the Messiah and the saints. Verse 10, Revelation 7, verse 10, And cry with a loud voice, saying, Yeshua, a salvation to our God, which sits upon the throne and to the Lamb. Verse 11, And all the angels stood around about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving, or todah, or todah means thanks, and honor and power and might unto our Yah forever and ever. Amen. Verse 13, And one of the elders answered, saying unto them, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and where do they come from? And I said unto him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are they which came out of the great spanking or great tribulation, and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple, and he that sits on the throne shall dwell among them. I know that my preaching is not going to be in vain, because I know some of these people are going to remember what I and others have taught, and they will repent while they're in the tribulation. And they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. Verse 17, For the Master or the Lamb, which is in the midst of the throne, shall feed them and shall lead them into living fountains of waters, and Yah shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. So that's something to look forward to. The question is, are we going to learn the easy way, or are we going to learn the hard way? Well, as the Messiah commands us to do, we must watch and see, and we must watch and pray. And Luke chapter 21 states that in verse 34 to 36. So may Yah bless and keep you, and Yah willing, I'll be available to you next week. You can catch this program on Stitcher.com. Simply go to Stitcher.com and download the app, and you can type in Merciful Servants of God, or you can get um, this podcast and other podcasts. I've done over 300 podcasts uh, 24-7. You can also go to Google Play and type in Merciful Servants of God. You can get me there, and also iTunes as well. And so may the Master bless and keep you, 
And if you want to give to this work, I would appreciate it so much. I'm sure y'all would appreciate it as well. Go to MercifulServiceOfGod.com, MercifulServiceOfGod.com, and click the Donate button. May y'all bless and keep you, and let's pray for our nation, and let's pray for our president-elect, Donald Trump, that he will be truly a righteous man that will embrace all the instructions of Yah. For that is the only thing, really, that's going to save this nation, ladies and gentlemen. May Yah bless and keep you, and Yah willing, I'll be available to, to you next week. Yah willing, I will be available to you next week. I'm sorry, but I have a slight cold. Please pray for me that uh, Yah quickly heals me. May Yah bless and keep you, and Yah willing, I'll be available to you next week. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse.